I went to feed the chicken, I had the chicken scraps in my pocket and boom there is ice and I fly, chicken scraps fly everywhere, I land on my shoulder, I can't lift my shoulder anymore. It was very painful, I went to the doctor, signed me up for a specialist, he checked me out, confirmed the report, then I remembered something. I remembered that I have resurrection life inside of me, that I can ask what I want. So I said, Lord heal that shoulder. of all in Revelation 12. It's a beautiful chapter and the revelation is the unveiling of Jesus. When you read Revelation, look for Jesus. Don't look for the Antichrist, his doom and so on. Look for Jesus in it. And Revelation 12 is a little bit a summary of the whole of the whole human race and and uh, it it starts with a woman for example that is clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and that represents the church all the people that belong to god they are dressed in the sun in the radiance of his glory and the moon is under their feet which the moon speaks of the the dark powers of darkness because the moon doesn't have any light of himself, he only reflects what he can steal from somewhere else. And, and see, we, you, me, everybody that received Jesus has the true light shining inside of them. And that's what we want to renew our mind to, Jesus in us. And then it also shows a... Uh, in that chapter 12, the battle, uh, Satan and, and a third of the angels rebelling against God, and there is this epic battle. But in the midst of this, in verse 11, if you want to look at that or write it down, Revelation 12, 11, there is this amazing little verse. And that's what I want to use as a, as a guide this morning. And, and it actually reads, Revelation 12, 11, they overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life unto death. They overcame him, which means Satan, the evil one who, who tries to lure us into a sinful bondage, who tries to keep our life small and mediocre. But he, it says they overcame because of the blood and because of the testimony, because they spoke of what Jesus did. And uh, you know that battle that's actually going on still in our lives and all around the earth, you can see there is a battle going on. It's actually a rigged battle. It's, the outcome is already decided. He will lose, we will win. Everybody that, that abides in Jesus will be victorious and all the others will lose that are connecting with, with the enemy of our souls. So it's, a, it's a, definitely not a fair battle because he is deemed to lose. So I want to look at the blood of Jesus for a while, the first part of that verse, the blood of Jesus that washes us clean because Jesus sacrificed himself. And in the Old Testament, there were many sacrifices made, and they were a shadow, like an empty shell almost. 
and they would cover sins for one year at the most, and they only covered it, but the blood of Jesus at the cross, he removed our sins. Psalm 103, it says, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he removed our sins from, it can never separate us from Jesus, from God anymore. He removed it infinitely far away. And so that's the blood of Jesus. And because the Old Testament sacrifices, they were not perfect. And Hebrews 10, 14, if you would like to go there, it, it reflects on this Old Testament uh, sacrifices. And uh, and it talks about in verse 1 how it's a shadow of the good things to come. And then verse 2, for then would they not have ceased to be offered. And it talks about those sacrifices if they would have been perfect. If they would have been the real deal, then they would not have to be offered again and again, right? And then look at, at the next part in verse 2. For the worshippers once purified would have had no more consciousness of sin. And see, that's a perfect sacrifice that can actually remove our sins as far as the east is from the west, which means infinity. If, if the sacrifice is perfect, we would have no more consciousness of sin. See, we are aware when we do wrong, and especially if I do wrong against Romy, she lets me know. But, you know, we, we do wrong things, but, but we don't have to live under that condemnation and guilt and shame. We can go to Jesus, release it to him, receive forgiveness, and walk in newness of life. Because resurrection power lives inside of me. And see, that's what the blood of Jesus does. It removes our sins and it removes sin consciousness. We can come boldly before the throne of grace and receive resurrection life. We receive his life. It's an exchange. He takes our sins and we get his righteousness. And we need to convince ourselves, see, you overcome by the blood of Jesus and the word of your testimony. And that is part of the testimony of Jesus, that I have his life inside of me. See, if I live in a constant awareness of my sins, I am dishonoring the blood of Jesus and restricting the flow of his grace. I'm going to read that again. If I live in a constant awareness of my sins, my shortcomings, I am dishonoring the blood of Jesus and restricting the flow of his grace. And see, God's grace is divine energy. It's power. God's grace will help you to overcome the areas that you won't overcome. God's grace will help you to have good relationships. God's grace will help you to deal with issues of your past. But if you are aware of, if you're constantly burdened by your shortcomings, if you live in an awareness of it, that flow of his resurrection life is hindered and restricted. It cannot flow properly. It's like if I, if I hold if I stop the, the, the blood into my fingers, they will, they will turn blue. They will lose their proper function. And that's what it is if we live sin conscious. And let me explain it a bit more. See, your sins and your shortcomings 
Jesus paid for it. If you go and pay for something in the store, you can grab it, it's yours. The owner of the store cannot come and say, hey, I want it's mine. No, it's yours, it's yours. You paid for it. And Jesus, he paid for your sins and, and he gave you his righteousness. So grab what, you, what is yours. His righteousness is yours, but he paid for your sins. I actually wanted to read Hebrews 10, 14 by one offering. He has perfected those who are being sanctified. I think that's a good scripture. See, the offering of Jesus is perfect. You were perfected, but you are being sanctified. See, it's not clear what you will be one day. But in God's eyes, in the spirit, your spirit man is perfect. And because the seed of God is in you, one day it will show. And that's why we need to look at what is real in heaven. We need to focus our eyes on Jesus and who we are in him. And, and as we do that, we will become better. We, we will grow and become more like him. We, we will be more changed from glory to glory. So if you become aware of sin, you quickly confess it. You turn, you receive God's forgiveness, and then you walk in him again. And the Bible calls that practicing righteousness. See, we, we cannot be righteous on our own. But we can always be clothed in his righteousness. God-empowered right doing comes of right, out of right believing. And I really believe we often do wrong things and keep wrong habits because we have not renewed our mind to who we are in Jesus. We are not believing the right way. We still see ourselves small and we still see ourselves as sinners and not measuring up. We are still conscious of our failures, conscious of our wrongdoing and shortcoming. And because of that, it affects our belief system. And right believing will produce right living. So if you struggle in any area and you want to be more like Jesus, watch how you believe, how you look at yourself. Do you see yourself the way God sees you? Do you see your neighbor? Do you see your spouse, your friends, the way God looks at them? Because if you have the right belief system, then the right action will follow, literally effortless. It's like an apple hanging on a tree. He doesn't struggle to produce fruit. He produces it effortlessly, effortless, just by abiding in the love of, of the tree. I mean, in the love of Jesus, right? Effortless fruit will come out. You know, in 1 John, 3 to 7, it illustrates that same thought a little bit. And I like to read 1 John <coughs> 3, 7, slow, uh, 3, verse 2 to 7 slowly. Beloved, now we are children of God. See, this is what we are. Now you are a child of God. You, you have the seed of God in you. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know when he is revealed, we shall be like him. See, it's not clearly visible, that new nature, that, that God nature is not clearly visible. Sometimes we can still see the flesh nature, right? And maybe a lot of times. But as he is revealed, as Jesus is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 
See, it doesn't say, we shall be like him if we would try a little bit harder. Or we shall be like him if we would fast a bit more. No, it, we will be like him if we see him as he is. And that's why the belief system, to, you need to see Jesus as he is. You need to focus your eyes on Jesus, not on your old sinful self. And everyone, now this, the next thing is, is good. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. There is a natural outflow if you nurture that hope. If your focus is on what Jesus is, what he did, what you are in him. If your focus is on the right thing, if you watch your belief system, then a natural outflow will be empowered by his grace. You will purify yourself. It will just come out. So, so we don't have to try to get better. We have to try to abide better in him. Focus on him better. And the natural outflow will be that we will become more pure. And you know why? Because I have resurrection power in me. Whew, this is so good. I almost get lost in the revelation. So verse 4 in, in chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Anything outside of God's law will hurt us, will hurt relationships around us. It's destructive. Sin is terrible. There is, it's still the same. But let's go on. And you know that he was manifested to take, to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. If you walk in Jesus, there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. So if you abide in Jesus, you will not do wrong things. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Whoever sins. Now I want to add a word here. Whoever abides in sin. I really want to add that. I really believe that's the proper way of looking at it. See, we all have the ability to do wrong things. That doesn't mean we are not, we are not Christians, right? But there is moments in life where we yield to the old nature instead of to Jesus. Where we abide somehow, we resurrect, we have the resurrection power and we use it to resurrect the old man instead of abiding in Jesus, right? And, and so, so the key is to abide in Jesus and not yield to that old nature. Little children, verse 7. Let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. Here comes that practicing righteousness. You know, the, the living translation says he who lives righteous. And I don't like that because it, it's too much focus on my doing, on how I have to do it, right? Because in my own, I could not do it. But, if, but I, can, I can receive his cleansing on a daily, on a hourly, on a minute-to-minute -minute basis and practice living in that state of being right with God. If I do something wrong, I want to immediately repent because I got a habit of enjoying this awesomeness of being righteous, having no condemnation, having no sin consciousness. And if you practice that more and more, I, I, I tell you, sin will fall away from you. 
some of those things that you struggle with will slowly fall away because you start abiding in his love and receiving that free gift of righteousness. See, the righteousness is a gift. It's not something you work up to. It's a free gift. Romans 5.17 supports that as well in a beautiful way. And it reads here in Romans 5.17, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, because Adam failed, we all were under the bondage of sin. Even if you never did something wrong, you would still be a sinner because you were born because of Adam's sin. And now it goes on much more. Those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. See, you receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. And because of that, you will triumph over sin. It's a natural outflow. Because of abundance of grace, because of the gift of righteousness, I have it. It's in me. I got it. Romans 6, 18 continues just the next page. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. See, we are slaves of righteousness. It can't get any clearer. It's not just, yeah, you know, I know you're quite bad, but I, I choose to love you. I choose to forgive you. That's not, we are slaves. We are in bondage to righteousness. There's no other way. Like, no matter how hard you try to sin, if you abide in Jesus, if you're staying with him, God sees you righteous. You are righteous. There is nothing else. Nothing can change that. He has removed all of our sins and transgressions and everything that could be held against us because of the blood of Jesus. We are slaves to righteous living. And again, I really don't like that. It just puts focus on how I perform. But we are slaves to righteous being. You are righteous. It's a gift. You are a righteous being. And a see, I'm not a human being anymore. Because as a human being, I need to be identified with Adam and with sin. But now I'm a righteous being. I identify to Jesus. And this all is a brief introduction on the blood of Jesus. But praise God, he's working in us. See, every believer is operating in this resurrection power. And you can use it for good, or you can use it for your own self. Because see, in baptism, Romans 6, 4, it tells us, and we still have it open there, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. See, in baptism, when you identified with the death of Jesus openly, publicly, confessed, testified that you belong to Jesus, your old nature is counted dead. And it says somewhere else, think of yourself as dead. See, it's not very clearly yet. It's not very visible yet. You, I can still be my old ugly self. Why? Because I use that resurrection life to resurrect that old man, the flesh that's actually meant to be dead. 
But see, if we don't actively use resurrection life to bring life into every area around us, if we are not, if we are not giving our lives to bring the kingdom and to release life, if we don't renew our mind who we are in Jesus and let his life, his healing, his power flow through us into other people's life, if we don't do that by default, you will resurrect your old man. And you will be, be, live more and more, more like your miserable old self. Inadvertently, you will use this resurrection ability on the old stinking flesh. Do you want to do that? No, I hope not. Eh? So that's about the blood. And now we want to go in Revelation 12, 11 on. They overcame by the blood. And the next one, the word of their testimony. See, what you speak when you testify, this is what Jesus did. This is what happened. It is a powerful thing. You know, when, when you have testimonies of how you got, how God ch church, uh, touched you, how he saved you, and you testify, other people listening to it and say, I want to have that, right? Or, you know, like testimonies about healing. If somebody got healed of something, of cancer, and then others hear them, they say, wow, Jesus can do that? Jesus, help me, right? It, it craves, it, it calls for multiplication. When you share what Jesus did in your life, we testify what Jesus did, and it releases the resurrection power of Jesus here on earth. Why is that? Because it's coming out of our mouth. See, God created heaven and earth by speaking. And now we have God inside of us. And see, when you speak, that resurrection life will come out of us. Romy got healed 30 years ago from cancer of the uterus. And, you know, she tells us she loves telling the story. And I love hearing it. I never got tired of it because it releases resurrection life. And, you know, when, when she walked at one point... In her testimony, she walks down into the hospital and she's so afraid. She's so, like, distraught. She can hardly walk. And then Jesus speaks. And when he speaks, resurrection life is happening. And he says, your battle is not cancer, it's fear. And see, now the light starts shining because Jesus, he dealt with sin. He dealt with sickness. Dead is swallowed up. What's the problem? The problem is our mind has to be renewed. We have to learn to think the way God thinks. Romy had to learn to believe God and trust him and get rid of fear. And that was a turning point, a key. And slowly, over a few months, the healing manifested. Because... Resurrection life is in Romy, right? The life of Jesus. I had a few years ago, I, I went to feed the chicken. I had the chicken scraps in my pocket and, and boom, there is ice. And I fly, chicken scraps fly everywhere. I land on my shoulder and I can't lift my shoulder anymore. Something ripped here. It was very painful. I went to the doctor. Eventually he x-ray and he felt there's a ligament torn and he signed me up for a specialist. It was a six weeks waiting period. And so eventually in that time we went to Switzerland and Romy's in-law is a doctor. So he checked me out, confirmed the report. Yeah, it's just needs probably. 
But it took a long time coming back, uh, waiting list even longer. But then I remembered something. I remembered that I have resurrection life inside of me. And I remembered that I can ask what I want. And I said, Jesus, do you want this shoulder healed? Is that your will? And I felt, yeah, he wants me to do stuff and work. So I said, Lord, heal that shoulder. Ligaments get in line. And from that day on, I started to declare over the shoulder every time it hurted and every time I worked and I couldn't lift the hammer higher than my arm and I had to use the left arm. Thank you, Jesus, for resurrection life. Thank you that you sent your word and healed me. Thank you that your promise is my shield and buckler. And I was wielding that little shield every step I went. Whenever the pain spoke to me, I said, no, I have resurrection life inside of me. Shoulder, get in line with the word of God. By his stripes you're healed. And that went on several weeks. And a few months later, I realized I totally forgot about it. And you know why? It was totally healed. And I didn't even notice when it happened. Just uh, probably one day I woke up and, and kept working and, and, and didn't notice the difference because it was good again. And so that's a testimony. And I want to encourage you. Jesus lives inside of you and he longs to be gracious to you. You know, thirdly, a long time ago, I, I struggled with smoking. And I had such a hard time laying it down. I tried and threw it away and, and burned it and chopped it up and then just to turn around and get another pack. And I was a committed Christian. I loved Jesus. I wanted to serve him. And it seemed the harder I tried, the worse I got. But then one day, I don't know how grace, I, I, some, somehow I knew how to connect with grace. And so I want to encourage you, if you're struggling, don't give up. But maybe not trying harder to stop or quit, but try harder to abide in him, to receive his love, to receive his forgiveness, to keep your conscience clean of sin consciousness, to practice righteousness, be connected with him. And he longs, he longs to be gracious to you. Now, if you don't have this resurrection life in you, if you never receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's not hard. Just receive him right now. Just say, Jesus, just come into my life. Come into that situation and show me your grace. I surrender to you. I give you my life. Be my Lord and Savior. And you know, if you pray that, he promised. To, to come. He promised to, if you receive him, he will never push anybody away. He said, everyone that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so for all of us that, that be, believe in Jesus, that believe we have this life in us, I would just like that we just quietly ask the Lord to show us what he wants to do today. You know, there may be hundred things. There is stuff in my body I would like to see corrected, right? And I don't understand how it all works. But I'm so thankful for the areas where he came through. But I think it's good to just say, God, what do you want to do in me today? 
Is it a relationship? Is it a fear of maybe an old habit to fall back in? Is it something you struggled all your life and you maybe gave up hope to overcome? Whatever it is, just put your hands, like I did put my hands on my shoulder, put your hands on that issue in the spirit. And just picture Jesus inside of you. He's not out there somewhere. He's inside of you. And just convince your mind that you have resurrection right And just surrender that issue. Surrender that fear. Surrender that habit. Surrender that sickness. Whatever it is the Lord points out. Because you have Jesus in you and he wants to be gracious to you. And you know, if he helps you in any area, if he, if he restored anything, go share it with others. Testify. Come in the prayer meeting and tell about, even if it's 30 years old. If you have absolutely no testimonies, steal some from Jesus or from somebody else. Take the stories in the Bible and start declaring, this is what Jesus did and get excited about it. Start telling testimonies, start testifying. This is what Jesus did. Start rejoicing about it. Because the blood is powerful. But I think a lot of time we don't see the resurrection power because we don't testify. Because they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Go in peace and testify. Thank you.